Hello, good afternoon, good evening, good morning to those tuning in to the show right now, listening to Lazarus Productions. Thank you all for tuning in once again. Can't tell you all how much appreciative I am of that fact. Now, let's jump right into it, man. We're going to start off in the NBA news. I know, as you all know, I know we all seen and heard the big news coming out of the NBA. Damian Litter was actually dealt to the Milwaukee Bucks. And in exchange for this was a three-team deal, a three-team trade, I should say. And uh, let's, let me pull up the trade details so we don't miss anything at all, man. I, I want to go ahead and make sure everyone knows what's going on. Now, first and foremost, Portland received Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara, and the Milwaukee Bucks 2029 unprotected first-round draft pick as long as pick swaps for 2028 and 2030. The Suns received Yosef Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson, which I think them getting Grayson Allen and Yosef Nurkic, I, I think are good role players for their team. And the Blazers are expected to, <clears throat> excuse me. And as we all know, the Bucks received Damian Litter. Now, with all that being said, who are the winners of this trade and who are the losers? To be frank with everyone, I believe everyone in this trade one in certain extents because Drew Holiday has already been said to be dealt by the Blazers there for a rebuild and if you're going for a rebuild if you're going all out I say go ahead and deal every value as a valuable asset and piece you may have on your roster and Drew Holiday is now a part of that and I believe he can still fetch you a pretty good haul I'm not saying you're going to get the same return you got for Damian Litter, but you will get something of significance for Drew Holiday. This is probably the best on-ball defender in our league right now. Really good, reliable score. He can give you anywhere between 15 and 18 points per game. He can shoot. He can handle the ball well. He's a decent, a good enough playmaker. He's valuable for some team, and a contender would give you a good little coin for him. So I think the Blazers are going the right direction with that. I think the Suns add much needed role players. They are very top heavy on that, you know, that starting lineup, of course, with Bill, Booker, Kevin Durant. <clears throat> I know Tyler Craig is there. I know um I know they have decent role players, but now they just added to a Grayson Allen. Much needed floor space. So you can't have enough shooters in this league at this point. And Yosef Nurkic to me is a pretty decent bid. I'm not saying the guy is revolutionary at a position, but I think he's consistent in what he does. He's going to be a decent run protect. He's going to rebound well. He's going to be a good. <clears throat> he's going to be a good role player for this team. So I think them adding these guys helped them get a little better on already a pretty much stacked roster. And just lastly, Damian Lillard going to the Bucks. Now I know my. Fellow Heat fans and things of that nature, we all thought we were showing showings for Demi Lillard. And we all thought that it was only a matter of when, not how, it would happen. But it didn't happen. And truth be told, man, we've been getting our hearts broken lately the past two, three years when it comes to free agency and trade talks. You know, we was in the talks for Giannis at one point, for KD. For Bradley Bill, James Harden, Damian Lillard now. It, it, it hasn't been favorable in the slightest for us. And it's time to accept that we're not going to trade for these big-name players. We're just not. 
it's, it's, it's not what we do. It, it is what it is. And the quicker we can accept that, the less hurt people will feel when these things do happen. So I just think it comes down to people accepting what this Heat team is and what they are. The only time they've ever made significant trade, trades for someone of just like real stature is Shaquille O'Neal. And even with LeBron, they didn't, they didn't trade for LeBron. He signed there willingly. You know, him and Dwayne Wade worked that out amongst each other. So, I mean, it, it says a lot about organization. They're not willing to move off their pieces. You know, whether you believe that's right or wrong is completely up to you. I just know what they are at this point. They're not going to move off their homegrown pieces to acquire veteran talent that is proven. I mean, again, whether you believe that's right or wrong, up to you. But me personally, I would go with the proven talent, but that's not a hint or there. So with that being said, <clears throat> nothing really other groundbreaking news occurred in the NBA. Nothing noteworthy to my knowledge. But with that all being said, let's go ahead and continue the NFL. And let's talk about some of the teams that's just been on a just downright trajectory to the point where it's, it's to the point where people are projecting, you know, early MVP votes, MVP winners, Super Bowl contenders. And, of course, we got to start with my Miami Dolphins, man. And... The historic week they had this past week. This is a team that just went out there and scored 70 points. It could have been a lot worse because it was eight minutes left on that clock. They chose the running clock out. They chose the nil. They didn't want the regular season record, et cetera, et cetera. I get all that. Don't care. I mean, it would have been nice, but it is what it is. You don't have it. It's cool. It's, I mean, it still is the first time since 1966 anyone has scored 70 points in a game. So, Regardless of whatever anger you want to look at, it's impressive performance that we may never see again as a fandom. And I want everyone, and I hope everyone enjoyed it because it was rather impressive. But all that being said, it's, it's only next week. This is, you know, we're one day out from the biggest game of the season thus far, by far. It's not close. You got the Bills, you're going up the Orchard Park. You haven't won there since 2016, so it's been seven years. Are you going to be the same old Dolphins, or are you going to finally get over that hump? Are you finally going to dethrone the big brothers of the AFC East for the last three years? Are you finally going to have Josh Allen, who's 9-1 against his team in his last 10 starts, including the playoffs, finally look down upon you one season? Are you finally going to do it? To me, personally, it starts Sunday. I know it's week four. I know it's still early. But everything is about technicalities and everything is about percentages in the standings, right? In the standings, if you go out and beat Buffalo in Buffalo, that means three things for me. One, you've done something you haven't done in seven years and almost a decade. You beat Buffalo in Buffalo. Two, you take a two-and-a-half game advantage over this team in the division because, one, there will be two-and-two two in the division at that point. 
and they'll have a loss against you. So this is a team that has a lot riding on this game if they were to lose this game. And three, I believe if you win this game, you have a very good chance to start this season off 6-0, and 7-0. I mean, because look at the next two games after Buffalo. Giants, Panthers, and then you got the Eagles. Eagles, win or lose, you can come into that game, I believe, if you beat Buffalo, you can come into that game 6-0. You should come into that game 6-0 because the Giants and the Panthers should not compete with this team at home, especially. They just should. You should come into that game 6-0 if you can beat Buffalo. If you don't beat Buffalo, you come into the game 5-1, and you may be staring down the barrel of another loss. 5-2, who knows? But at the end of the day, beating Buffalo is at hand right now. It's the task, and they should very much so be primed in on that and just focus solely on that because the Bills, are, they're, these, these people are no slouch, man. I know they're without Michael Hyde, not Michael Hyde, Jordan Poyer. Mike Hyde is battling a hamstring injury. I get all that. They still have a very, very capable linebacker core. The young linebacker they got a Bernard. He looks like an improvement already over Tremaine Edmonds, who has not looked good with the Bears. Matt Milano has been an all-pro. They got a good front four, man. I mean, Leonard Floyd, Greg Russo, Ed Oliver, uh, they they got guys, man. And we we're not even mentioning Von Miller, who's not even in the back yet. They got some guys on that side, man. They're they're the ranked number two defense in the league right now. They're first in takeaways, I believe. They're second in sacks, and they get after it, man. They forced five turnovers last week against the Commanders with nine sacks, bro. Like it's it's gonna be a long day in the office for Tua and the Dolphins, man. If they if they can't hold up right, which they, to their credit, they have been doing all year. I mean, Tua's only been sacked once. He's been hit four times. You take that any day of the damn week. Your quarterback through three weeks has been sacked once and hit four times. You take that any day of the week. I believe the offensive line is better than what I thought they would be. But this is going to be the biggest litmus test of the year by far. I know they have Bosa and Mack. Week one and without Teron Armstead, Teron Armstead should be playing this game. But at the end of the day, man, their entire front, excuse me, their entire front four, four reach happen. Not just the two edge rushers. Everyone will need to be on their P's and Q's this game. Literally everybody. And with that being said, <clears throat> there's no way on God's green earth. I believe that. The Dolphins can drop back and pass the ball 36, 40 times this game and win this game. I just, I just don't believe it. I believe they have to do what they've been doing this year, and that's lean, leaning into the run game a little more than what they've done in the last season. And to me, that's been the big, the biggest difference maker to this season for me. I know we started 3-0 last season, and I know it's, you know, Ironically, weirdly similar in statistics for two as individual players. So you would just assume the Dolphins are just throwing the ball over the yard still. No, they're not. This team looks more dominant on the offensive side because they're controlling the line of scrimmage and because they're running the ball effectively. Two things that they did not do last season. They didn't control they didn't block well, regardless if it was pass blocking or run blocking. 
and he didn't run the ball that consistently. They're doing that this season. So that's even more of a tall, tall task to act of a defense to stop these guys because they're simply put, they're beating you in every which way you can beat someone on the offensive side of the ball. Whether it's through their all-star receivers, whether it's through the, the really damn good running back in Raheem Moser and it looked like a young merging star, Devon Echon, whether it's Tua just being deadly accurate, or whether it's just the old line just giving this dude the time he needs to read a defense, which he's, by the way, doing at the quickest clip in the league right now, 2.2, I believe 2.24 seconds. And no one's in the league is getting the ball out faster than their hands. And ironically, no one in the league is attempting passes deeper than him right now. Uh, it's, it's a crazy combination. And I believe the Bills knows that. And I know they're going to apply pressure. They, they're going to have to. Because if you, if you can't get him off his standing point, if you can't get him off, off his, you know, if you can't get them unleveled or you just can't make them uncomfortable, it's going to be a long day in the office for you, regardless if you're a second-ranked defense or not. It just will be. Now, that being said, man, I wholeheartedly believe that the Bills win this game. As a Dolphin fan, it pays me to say that. But I, I can't pick us to beat the Bills in Orchard Park until I actually see them beat the Bills in Orchard Park. It's been seven years, people. I know it's a new season, I know it's a new team, and I know it's a new scheme, regime, etc. I get it. But at the end of the day, man, Josh Allen plays lights out against us. Our defense does not look like world beaters right now. I believe they're getting better week to week, but they're, they're not, I don't believe they're up for this task as of right now. The Bills are rushing the ball well. Jalen Phillips is hurt. Andrew Van Giku has played well, don't get me wrong, but He's not the run edge setter that Jalen Phillips is. At the end of the day, I think they're going to be a 24-21 a kind of victory for them due to the fact that I just believe that their defense matchups a little bit better against our offense versus our defense matchup against their offense. I believe Josh Allen will make one or two more plays than two in the game that ultimately seals the game, and I think it comes down to a Tyler Bass game when they field goal. I think that's what it comes down to. I hope I'm wrong. I would love for them to start off the season 4-0. It would be a dream come true because the best-case scenario for a lot of guys, for a lot of Dolphin fans coming into the season was making it out this out these four first weeks 4-0 because we thought the Chargers would be a lot better than what they are. We thought the Broncos would somewhat be more competitive than what they are. And we already knew the Broncos, not the Broncos, we already knew the Bills were going to be the Bills. So, if you can escape this, these first four weeks, 4-0, four no, the sky's the limit, bro. It's the limit. Because, like I said, next three weeks, you got, the, you got the Giants, you got the Panthers, then you got the Eagles. I mean, outside of the Eagles, who are you really playing? I mean, no knock against the Giants and, the, and the, uh, the Panthers, but they're not exactly home records right now. I don't, I'm not worried about them coming to Miami and beating the Dolphins. I'm just not. But let's get off into the other games, man, and let me give you my prediction. So the international game we have this week, London 
We got the Jazz and the Falcons. The London has not been kind to the Jaguars. I believe they are on three when they do go internationally. Not kind of them at all, but I do believe they'll have a little bit of grace this season. And I do believe they beat the Falcons. I think this is going to be a bounce-back week for the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence specifically. The passing game has not been what I expected or what many expected. I thought just in certain Calvin Ridley would just work instantaneously because of the talent he is and the connection they seem to have built through training camp. That has not been the case. And hopefully it can get better, but we shall see. But I do have them winning this game. I'm just not a believer in Desmond Ritter. I'm not a believer in Drake London. I'm, I'm not a believer in their offense as a whole. I, I, outside of B. John Robinson and Kyle Pitts, who is being severely misused at this point, I'm not a believer in their offense. Texans at Steelers. I'm actually going with the Texans in this one, man. I'm, I'm taking them to beat the Steelers. I don't believe in the Steelers offense whatsoever, even though I do believe the C.J. Stroud will struggle against the pass rush of the Steelers with Highsmith and J.J. Watt coming off the edges specifically. But I do believe he will make more plays in this game than Kenny Pickett, and he will ultimately win this game because I'm, I'm not a believer in the Steelers secondary. Levi Wallace, Patrick Peterson, to me, are both at best average corners. I think the Texas receivers are good enough to create consistent separation through this game and create opportunities for their young gun. So I got the Texas winning this game. L.A. Rams at the Indianapolis Colts. I think the Rams win this game. Anthony Richardson is back. That's good to see. But I do believe that the I do believe that the Rams need a bounce back win to stay competitive in their division. I think they will win. I think Matt Stafford is coming back as having a game of vengeance almost against a defense. To me, that's 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 performance slightly better than expectations, but still nothing to write home about. So I got them winning that game. Then we got the Minnesota Vikings and the Carolina Panthers. Minnesota trying to get off. For the season, you know, they still haven't won a game. I believe it starts this week. They're winning streak, little winning streak. I think Justin Jefferson goes out and have a day, has a day. I think Jordan Addison has a pretty solid day. I just don't see the Panthers keeping up with this team offensively. I don't think that defense is going to hold them down long enough for the offense to do little to anything. Bryce Young is battling injuries. They don't have enough playmakers on that side of the ball for me. Miles Sanders has not lived up to the contract you've just given him. Adam Thielen is cooked. Uh, I know uh, uh, DJ Chark is hurt. LaVisca's Chenault. I mean, outside of his name and people saying he has Debo-like similarities, the, the guys give you nothing. So I, I need to see more out of this team before I can pick them to be favored to beat anyone that's just not downright terrible. Then you got the Bucks at the Saints. Depending on the Derek Carr injury, man, I don't believe he's playing this game. I could be wrong because last I checked, they said he avoided a, a serious injury. He just had a shoulder injury. Depending if he plays or not, it's going to sway my pick because if he don't play, I got the Bucks winning. But if he does, I think they can win. But Baker Mayfield has looked pretty solid for the Bucks. He's throwing the ball well. I know he had an interception last week. But he also had some passes that fell through the hands of his receivers, and they kind of let him down in that game. So I think he was playing better than what 
we've been giving them credit for though. Commanders at the Eagles. I'm not taking any more of your time with this game. It's the Eagles. Just, just the better team, bro. <laughs> the Bengals and the Titans. I'm taking the Bengals in this game. I believe the Titans' defense right now is trying to find their footing. They isn't playing well right. They aren't playing well right now. Excuse me. And right now, they seem to be the get-right game for a lot of quarterbacks. I mean, Deshaun Watson looked like the Deshaun Watson old last week against them, but. Joe Burrow and his offense, they're currently right now tied, ironically, with the Titans with the least amount of offensive touchdowns this season. They need this game. They need to explode this game to gain some footing and confidence. They, they just need it. Then we got the Browns at the Ravens, divisional game, tough to call, but I'm going with the Browns in this game. The Ravens are battling a lot of injuries right now. Marlon Humphrey, Odell, Rashad Bateman, I believe Ronnie Stanley is still out. They're, they're battling a lot of injuries, man, and that was the biggest issue for them coming into the season. Could they overcome these injuries? And thus far, they, they can't. And they're running into a buzzsaw of a defense this week. The Browns' defense has been lights out, bro. Since this new scheme with Jim Shorts coming in, these guys have been playing phenomenally well. Miles Garrett is a Darius Smith specifically. They are wreaking havoc, havoc on the defending Opposing, excuse me, opposing teams' offenses and offensive lines. They're they're just simply playing at another level right now. They're utilizing Miles Garrett to the point where he just simply put seems unblockable. And Zadarius Smith doesn't have any sacks on the season thus far, but he he has been creating pressure and he has been setting the edge very very well. So I get an edge to Browns in this game. Then we got the Broncos. Going to Chicago, battle with two two more beating teams, two more beating teams. And I think this is a get-right game for Sean Payne, man. This is a game they can't lose. And the reason why I say that is because if you go out and lose to the 0-3 Bears, who clearly have more than just on-field problems right now, everything going on with them, you go out and lose to them, this is bigger than just a talent issue. This is bigger than a coaching issue. It's just a fundamental, they, the, the, the players have lost hope in the system issue. That means you got to rebuild the roster. They lose this game. It's going to be tough pickings from here on out, man. That's all I got to say. Then after they got the Raiders and the Chargers, they got the Chargers for the same reasons I said for the Commanders and the Eagles, man. Just pick the better team to win. Raiders got a lot going on right now. A lot of players are unhappy. Matt Crosby, Devontae Adams specifically, they've come out and expressed their concerns and just dissatisfaction with the club. So I see the Chargers winning that game. Pages and the Cowboys got the Cowboys winning this. I do think it's going to be a tough game for them because the Patriots defense does play well and hard, but I think the Cowboys does pull off this game. Cardinals at the Niners again. Just take the better team. I got the Niners. Uh, the Cardinals is a good Cinderella story for a week against the Cowboys. Now it's time to come back to reality. They're not beating the 49ers. Let's be real here, people. Chiefs and Jets, again, take the better team. Jets, I, I, let me say this, man. I think a lot of people are giving Zach Wilson a lot of shit. And I've never been a believer in Zach Wilson. I say that here and now. I said that before, I said it again. I never thought it would be good. I just never thought it. But he's getting a lot of flake for no reason, bro. 
Like, the man came into the league. He came into the season, excuse me. He wasn't the expected starter. It was Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers get hurt, and Zach Wilson just gets thrown back into the fire. And mind you, he's playing in a system that was catered for Aaron Rodgers to succeed, not him. They're not playing his style of play. Nathaniel Hackett hasn't coached Zach Wilson. He doesn't know his likes. He doesn't know what he's comfortable with. He, he was but specifically for Rodgers. And now Rodgers gone. Just saying, man, you got to give him a little bit of leeway, man. Even though I know he's not good at football, but still. like He, he has literally everything working against him. Even the media now was saying that Robert Salah might lose the locker room if Zach Wilson continues to start. But what other choice do they have? Like, who, who else do they have? But anyway, man, we got Seahawks and the Giants. I got the Seahawks winning this one. I think the Giants will be a little better in this game because the Seahawks does, doesn't seem to be that well at rushing the passer. I just think the Seahawks is going to ultimately make more plays. And that'll be it, man. So that'll be it for the podcast today, guys. You know, I'm going to start getting back into the Q&A, so y'all stay tuned for that. I'm going to be posting the Q&A's post on YouTube, Facebook. Might do TikTok as well. You know, just, you know, ask me any NFL, NBA-related questions that you may have, and I'll share my thoughts on the podcast. But as always, guys, be sure to follow me on all my social platforms, Last Word Productions. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on YouTube. Like, I'm everywhere. Just go ahead and search up the name Last Word Productions and 9 out of 10 times right there. I'm there. Thank you all again, and I'll see y'all in the next one.